0: Hey, so check it out. It's another episode, sketch and release. This is Robert, and I would just want to get right into this because this is really exciting. This is something that, uh, you know, I ended up watching this Beatles documentary, Get Back, over the holiday break. Um, you know, this is uh, December 2021, and I was, uh, I was sick with COVID, sign of the times, so I was in self-isolation. And just didn't have a whole lot to uh, keep myself uh, motivated. So, you know, I said, I'm going to watch some TV and catch up on some things. And, uh, you know, symptoms weren't bad. Wasn't feeling, you know, too bad physically. So I just uh, just decided to try and enjoy some stuff. So I heard about this. I heard about this documentary from a couple of people. You know, people who are into the Beatles and, and just uh, were really fascinated by what this documentary showed and i remember i remember going into the beatles like really getting into their music um uh, maybe maybe like 15 years ago the beatles were always kind of just just outside of like my time they're kind of a legendary status from like the mid 60s to around 1970 or so like all the music that I really loved and was really into was just after that, like into the seventies and on. So listening to the Beatles and trying to understand their music and what it meant and all that, that was always just out of reach. And so when I finally did kind of go into the catalog and just try and listen to the albums and understand and really get a a feel for it, you know, I I was a little older and probably did it more as just an exercise than really feeling the music um you know so that I, for me that would have been like 2005 i, I feel like and so you know i go it, anybody who knows the beatles knows popular music the history of popular music they know that the beatles are pretty legendary in terms of uh being one of the biggest musical groups um having like a you know one of the highest number of like chart topping hits selling so many millions of albums you know they're they're way up there they're they're way up uh in the ranks and so i came into only with that knowledge not really a lot of uh a lot of understanding of their music and even the the songs like when they came out and 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 how they kind of impacted culture i just didn't really understand that i mean i knew like they, they had songs like um help even up to like Helter Skelter. Uh, and even songs that I thought were Beatles songs, they weren't, uh, songs like imagine. And even in between there, you know, there's songs like, uh, Penny Lane or all you need is love. And I'm like, I don't know where they fit in the catalog. I don't know if those were early songs, if those were later songs, I just don't know. So I really went in and tried to understand and and learn and appreciate their music. And, um, Going through that exercise and, and at least having some familiarity with what they did and, and the, the style and, the, and some of the innovations that they brought to popular music, um, it helped because I at least had some understanding. So when I went to watch this documentary, now this documentary, if you haven't seen it, um, it's worth seeing, I think, and I'll get to why in a minute, but it's on Disney plus it came out um, early December. 2021 um it's a it's three episodes and each episode is like about three hours or so so it's nine hours long basically um but what it is this documentary is kind of a a, it's it's a reimagining or or recutting of a lot of footage that was taken during their 1969 recording sessions for let it be for what would eventually become the album let it be that was released later but this was in January 1969. And, you know, the premise originally was that this was going to be a film that was going to be released uh, with the album. And it was going to have uh, basically a live, it was going to be some of the making of the album, but then culminate in a live performance that was then going to be kind of a companion to the actual album itself. So it starts off as they're re- rehearsing, they're learning new songs in a TV studio and you can see like there's a giant backdrop behind them there's uh, you know the cameras and the other equipment you can tell they're like in a sound stage you know it's interesting to see that uh, the process and and the the thought that goes into creating something like this and and the documentary explores this which is great this is the this is the thing that really hooked me on it really made it one of the one of the best things i've seen all year and and maybe one of the best documentaries i've ever seen Because it's not just about the Beatles. It's not just about their uh, their role in popular music or, or, or even popular culture. It's really about what they had to do and the thinking and the process involved with creating their music. And if you look at it bigger picture, I mean, it's about just the creative process in general, no matter what kind of thing you're creating whether it's music or art or writing or, or film or anything, even the thing that's more interesting is that not that it's just showing like how they construct a song or how they come up with melodies or lyrics, but it's even the dynamic, the the dynamics between the four of these guys that was on full display and very candid and very kind of, um, unfiltered. I'm sure at some point, Fans of the Beatles, people who are into the Beatles like from early on, like from day one or even, you know, during that time. They have a certain understanding and maybe a certain perception of what these four guys were and what they did and what it meant. And in a way, maybe that's like putting them on a pedestal. You know, they're geniuses and they are, you know, beyond most, you know, ordinary human skill or talent which you know hey there's something to that but here in this documentary you get to see that it's not just instant they, they don't just come out with these songs you know complete they do have to work on them they do have to work with each other they do have to wrestle with it and struggle with you know the the, the problems that come up even just recording an album and, you know, one of the problems is they're recording this with this big concept in mind. And, and part of it seems to really be driven by Paul and his idea for how to make this a, a more of an event versus just another album in their lineup. So, he, you know, the, the, the premise is, okay, it's going to be kind of a rehearsal thing. Then it's going to be a live show. Then it's going to be a full release of everything, all the material. And then... The the nature of the show itself comes into debate. Like, is it going to be in some you know arena in Tripoli somewhere, somewhere in North Africa, or is it going to be on a boat, or is it going to be in you know the UK? Is so much of it just seems nebulous and uncertain all the way through the process, and yet they're still trying to learn and and write and learn and rehearse new songs, brand new songs that they've never performed or played before so when you see all those things in motion you see all those gears turning at the same time it's really fascinating and you know it even comes to the point where uh you know some of the band just starts to get disillusioned and discouraged and george quits in the middle of filming and they eventually are able to talk to him and work some new arrangements and uh basically come to an understanding to kind of get things back on track but that means they have to maybe abandon or change some of the idea for this whole thing meaning they scrap the sound stage they move everything into the recording studio at the apple core headquarters or the offices so now they're in a much smaller much more intimate setting and it's really the four of them kind of almost knee to knee in a circle Uh, playing and and working on these songs. And so seeing that that kind of thing has to happen sometimes, like you're going to have a setback that's going to really, you know, just possibly just ruin the project or just stop it completely. And so to be able to come back from that and find some better way to do it or some way that at least works for everybody in a good positive manner that's part of the creative process. And, you know, that's why I think this documentary, there's so much to it I want to talk about, but the the main thing to to me that I see is that with this podcast, with Sketch and Release, look, I talk about all the different things I've seen and, and you know, been a part of with creating, you know, artwork or creating projects and, and that whole process that's involved with that. And this documentary just, it has all of them. It has all the things. Now, you could look at episode one. You could look at the last episode. And basically, every one of the things that I tried to touch on or at least go into, it's in this documentary. It's in there. Everything. And, you know, these four musicians and artists that I didn't really have an understanding of as people, only an understanding of their output, like the final work that they produced to get to see behind the scenes and to see more of them as people and how they move and how they behave and how they work with each other and some of their temperament and some of their ways of handling disagreement uh it's so interesting because these guys were not for just you know pals all the time they had different ideas they had different directions they were going in Musically, in their lives, they were four very unique individuals that somehow made this music together. And you know, I think that that in itself gives me a better appreciation of the the, the whole concept of a rock band or, or a musical band. The idea that not only do these four people have to get along, but they've actually got to perform in concert. Like as in all together at the same time. Yeah, that that's that's a lot too when when you actually think about what it takes, all the things that have to work and fall into place for that to happen and in a, a magnificent way, as the Beatles would do. That's pretty that's pretty powerful. I mean, it's amazing, really. And you know, and that applies to every band, that applies to every group. Who's created an album? Who's held a show? You know, played for uh, played for ten people, played for ten thousand people. Whether you're you know the Rolling Stones or uh, Aerosmith or any of these bands that's been running for decades, or you're just getting started, you're in your your basement or your garage or whatever, and just trying to trying to get something off the ground, get some songs going with some with some friends or or whatever. The fact that that can happen—that—that uh, that just blows my mind now when I think about it and I look at it through this lens now, you know—I there's a point where you take music for granted, I think, and you kind of take it as that it's just a thing that exists. But when you see it actually performed live, and you've got four guys, and they're not even doing it like, oh, we're, we're trying to like make the album version yet. They're not even trying to make the finished piece. They're just working on putting it together. They're working on it like raw, just like improvising. When you see that, you see these guys kind of goofing around and taking it serious, but not taking it serious. I, I think there's something to be, to, to appreciate about that. in the in terms of that, you know, the creative process as challenging as it can be sometimes and as rewarding as it can be. It has to be loose. It it has to be fluid. It can't be so strict. It can't be so regimented. I mean, there there's a point where, like, when it comes to, like, workflow and that kind of thing, you have to have a process. You have to have a way of doing things. But that creative, those first steps and those first stages of a project where you're just trying to get it out, you're just trying to express something. It's got to be loose and it's got to be open. You've got to be malleable, you got to be able to adapt to a new idea coming in or something that just isn't working, going out, you know, it's, it's, it's got to work that way. And you see it on full display here with one of the biggest bands in the world, with some of the most iconic songs that they've ever recorded. When you see that first, when you, you see it on film, you see it play out the moment that Paul starts playing those first few uh, lines of get back. And he doesn't have the words yet. He just has kind of the melodies and the sounds. And, you know, a note comes up on the screen saying, like, this will be their next hit or or one of their next singles or whatever. And you recognize it. You're like, oh, this is the moment. This is the moment where it starts. And then they build on it from there. But you're seeing it actually play out. Uh, And the same happens for a few other songs that, that are in the documentary where you see moments where... They're just kind of noodling around, just trying to feel something out, looking for the sound and and trying to nail it down. And you recognize, oh, that's going to become that song. Or that's, you know, that's the beginning of this song. And so it's really cool to see that in motion, like actually happening before your eyes. It's not presented in a way of like, okay, and now we present get back. It's like a in the middle of a recording session, you know, Paul just sits there with the guitar and he starts playing out, uh, some of the, some of the notes or the chords, or, you know, I, I don't know, music, but you see that just happen raw, almost as if, aren't we just glad that someone with the camera pointed it right at him at that moment? You know, I, I, I think that is, um, That's one of the things that's really been, uh, the biggest takeaway for me is the experience of it. And so I'll say this even, so this documentary is like nine hours long. And for me, it's almost like, I don't want to watch it again. This is why it's so good. This is why it's so good. This, this is it. It's so good. I don't want to watch it ever again. Does that make sense? Because I feel like, look, listen, it's nine hours, right? One thing, I don't want to watch nine hours again. I want to watch it once and only once because I feel like when you see it play out, when you see moment to moment, all these things play out, you go day by day, through, like basically the whole month of January 1969, you go day by day through all those recording sessions, through all the the moments that they have, the... The, the, the conversations, the, the moments in the recording booth, and they're listening back, they're, where they're trying to think of what the next thing is and, and how to produce this show and produce this album and all that. You watch it all play out in such minute detail sometimes. You see every little moment and it's almost like, I lived it. I didn't just watch it. I mean, I kind of lived it. I, can, I, I experienced it as it was happening. And as in with real life, you you can't go back and relive something. You can't go back and, and go through the experience again. You can remember it. And you could try to recreate it. But really, it's almost like I like the idea of this living as a memory now. As if I was in the room watching them record. I wasn't watching the TV show. I was there in the room and I was watching them record and I was watching them play these songs and learn these songs and have these conversations. And so now for me, it's a memory. I have to try to remember what happened. And I think that's a really cool thing about it is you can walk away from it and still feel like you got everything out of it. You got the gist. the The, the important parts stick with you. The important parts like, you know, Seeing the four guys not only play their parts and, you know, express their own ideas for how to do this or let's let's try it this way or whatever. But you even see them switching around. You see them switch instruments. You see them, you know, Paul hops on the drums. Ringo plays the piano. Even look, even for what it is, for what it's worth, even Yoko, they're in the room almost constantly. And whatever that might mean to fans or to people who don't understand the Beatles uh, and and uh, their breakup and all that stuff. You know, the idea that Yoko somehow broke these guys up, it becomes clear in this documentary, in this nine hours, that there was a lot more going on. It wasn't just some woman sitting in the room who, by all means, didn't disrupt, didn't... Uh, interfere, didn't really play much of a part in the documentary at all, other than just being present. And so it's, it's hard to say that that is the person that really sparked this whole breakup of the band and and caused any ill will or anything like that. I really think you see that, no, these four guys who had their own ideas and their own ways of expressing those ideas, they were already going in different directions. And so the the magic of, you know, what was like 1963 or something like that to when they finally got to 1969 or I think 1970 is when they actually broke up. So those like seven years or so, that was just like lightning in a bottle. It's like it'll never happen again. And you can't contain it. Once it's done, it's done. And you know they all went on to do their own thing individually and you know unfortunately at this point you know John Lennon was killed in I think 1980 and George Harrison died I, I wanna say like in the late 90s or maybe it was early 2000s I, I I remember hearing about that I just that was before I understood like the Beatles and even their music and who they were so the fact that those two have passed on it's like well you have paul and ringo and they still do their own things occasionally Um, i think even up to last year or this year um but it's it's interesting to see that all the magic that came out of those seven years or so it's gone on to live for all these years since you know the one thing that really stuck out to me in terms of uh their music in this documentary is they played so much music and, and you can tell you can uh, to me, I guess, to my eyes, to a viewer's eyes, you can tell that these guys knew music. You know, I think there's always a, a, a tendency to think, Oh, if a band has early success, they have a big hit somehow. Um, there's a, there's the potential that they're just a flash in the pan. They're a one hit wonder. Right. And, you know, I'm sure people thought that when the Beatles first hit, in the early 60s. But by the time you get to 1969, during these recording sessions, these guys are playing everything. They're playing everybody's music. While they're in there just kind of, you know, either warming up or just playing around or just, you know, getting getting the demons out. They're playing whatever. They're 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 versed in it. And that's what's cool. As you see, these guys are like experts. They are masters of of the craft in a sense and and they even say like well you know i don't know how to play this or i i don't play that way or whatever but they still produce something you know they still got it on tape somebody got it on tape and you see it they also play songs that i think i just didn't really appreciate for all these years one of the songs that they do play that i if i had never heard it in this documentary, I wouldn't have necessarily guessed it was a Beatles song because I I somehow had never heard it before. Like I know some of their hits, like the the more popular songs, and then the albums that really stuck out to me when I did go in and kind of go through the whole catalog, the albums that really stuck out to me uh, were like Revolver and Magical Mystery Tour, which I guess were a couple years before this. But when you listen to those, like the sound and the the style that they were playing with um musically and and tonally, it was just a little more like psychedelic and a little more um a little further out there. I stopped, I really stopped at the white album because I, I really felt like, well, this music is all starting to sound a little bit of the same. But you know, that was to my ears at the time. So I just kind of stopped there. And I really I didn't I didn't listen to abbey road or or let it be which are the two albums that came after that and then they eventually broke up so i didn't have an understanding of anything past the white album really i just i just didn't i didn't really know those were uh important albums and maybe to a lot of fans uh they aren't you know a lot of fans probably got stuck on their early stuff and even some of their you know middle era albums and and more psychedelic stuff but then the later stuff I. I wonder, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know, like, anyone who's a super fan or, like, really, really been into them forever if those albums hit the same way at the time. But to me, now, listening to them now, like, through this lens of seeing this documentary and kind of having a better understanding of what it took to make those songs, they seem more mature. They seem more thoughtful. And they seem more, they even seem more intricate, like, musically uh when you see how much they have to you know work at okay we're going to play it this way and then you know they're they're going through all the notes and the changes and all that it's really uh it's really complex and it's really mature and one of the songs that i is stuck with me because it kind of if i remember right i think it opens the first episode like when the credits come up and it's don't let me down which i had never heard before. Someone had never heard it before. And when I heard it in the documentary, I thought, why does this, this sounds like something else. This doesn't sound like the Beatles. And it's funny, even, you know, uh, my son who kind of walked in the room as I was starting it, he said, "Uh, wait, are you listening to the black keys? (laughs) And I thought, well, uh, no, (laughs) this is, uh, this is much earlier than them. But, it did remind me, like, there there are probably a couple of Black Key songs that kind of sound like that. It has the same vibe, at least. So, uh, it was interesting to to kind of look back at songs that were basically new to me, but see them as they're being formed. Not just like, oh, I kind of caught it on the album, and like, oh, it's kind of cool, or or I don't really like it, but to see it actually kind of come to life, like, you know, being built right in front of you. It's a different experience, and it gives you a different perspective of it. And so now, like songs like that, I actually appreciate them a lot more. I, they just hold a lot more weight to me now. I've seen the work that goes into it. And I maybe that's looking at it from a creative perspective, like understanding like, oh, this isn't something they just rattled off and recorded in one take, and it's just done. No, this is something they put some work into. They put their hearts into and it just it 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 man the value of that just goes up and up and up to me you know your stock in the beatles if you thought well they were cool like you know pop group that uh, just did a lot of stuff in the 60s well if you see how they actually had to make their music and the work that it took and the creativity that it took yeah that stock just rises and uh you know, it's funny, The even the concert. So the, the whole idea was this was going to be a documentary that was going to show them recording the songs and then it was going to end up with a live show that was going to be recorded with an audience and all this, and it was going to be released with the album, right? Something like that. Well, the whole thing of going to some arena somewhere else, in another country, that didn't work. Uh, they basically ran out of time, ran out of money, and kind of never, the idea never really actually gelled. But the solution they came up with is they still wanted to end the whole thing with a bang. So they performed this live rooftop concert. And I think the risk of getting in trouble or getting like the authorities involved or whatever, I think that was always part of it, you know, and part of, I mean, I guess I never saw the Beatles as that. I always saw them as more of the kind of, you know, the goody, goody pop band. Um, even though they had some songs and some, some, themes in their music that were a little bit edgy and a little bit you know for the time okay for the 60s they were a little bit kind of far out right but when i see them say okay yeah this is it we're gonna we're gonna go up to the roof we're gonna play we're gonna basically disrupt everything around us and then it happens and then the police do get involved and then they do show up at the door on the stage and on the roof and the moment—I swear—there's a moment where Paul, they're in the middle of a song. Paul turns around, just looks over his shoulder. He sees the cops, and oh, you just—you just see it on his face. You see the like, "We're doing this. Y'all can't stop us." And I'm like, "Yeah, that—that is—that is it. That's rock and roll right there." And I just, I, I, for some reason, all these years, all this time, I never put those two, I never put the Beatles and like rock, like rock and roll attitude. I never put them together. I always thought of them more as like a pop group. And so now with this new perspective on it, I this I don't know, this, this music means so much more to me now, which is strange because music hasn't changed. It's this documentary has changed me though. And I think that's part of the thing with creativity. You know, I, I think that's really what I get to with this is that your creativity, the, the things that you do, the, the work that you put into whatever you're creating, you can give it short shrift. You can cut corners. You can do it so-so. But if you really put your all into it, you do your best, you try your hardest. You can create stuff that will resonate. It'll land however it lands. People will like it or they don't like it. But if you do it well, I, it's my belief at least, that it will resonate. And over time, that appreciation will grow. Or it might even change. People may see what you do right now as one thing. But over time, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's it, man. If you as the artist are thinking like levels, like just beyond. You're looking forward, you're looking outward, whatever you want to call it. What you're creating is not going to be understood. And in a way, it's like that's how you become ahead of your time, right? You're creating something that it's going to take people maybe years, maybe decades to catch up with you. That's a wild. But that's what happens. But that's because all the time that, you know, people have been listening to music. These guys maybe aren't listening to music. They're working on new ideas. They're working past you. You're there listening to the radio. They're not listening to the radio because they got to do something different. They can't do the same thing they already did. And they can't do the same thing other people are doing. They got to do something new. So they're ahead of you just by default. And so I think that's one of the cool things that this is showing is that these guys always tried to stay ahead of it. They tried to stay, you know, one step beyond what people might expect or might think. They were doing their own thing. If you liked it, you liked it. If you didn't like it, hey, maybe you might like it one day. You'll have a different appreciation down the road because the work is there. They did the work. I think that's the magic of this documentary. It really shows... What they did, how they did it, and even why they did it. You know, when they realize there's a moment where they realize, you know, it'd be really good to have like an organ or a piano or something in this song, in this arrangement. They call him Billy Preston, who is uh, I mean, come on, legendary RB musician and, and artist. And they call him in to kind of uh play like a, I think it's like an organ or electric piano or something on a couple of the songs during one of the sessions. Well, I mean, you hear it, right? You can hear it. Like, Oh, this song just got better now. And they hear, you see them hear it where they're like, Oh, we need him to come back. We need him to keep coming back. We're going to do this whole album now with him. And just to know that, you know, these guys took creativity, took good ideas, took good work, wherever it came from, and put it into this album. That's what I'm saying. It's there. The work is there by everybody involved. That's the main thing for me. That's the that's the key takeaway. Okay. There's a lot of big takeaways from this. There's a lot of like little subtle nuanced things about you know what it means to be an artist and what it means to have your own ideas. But there's a lot there about how to collaborate. And how to overcome maybe some, some challenging situations or, or even a setback to, or even, you know, hey, adapting and just changing the the whole course of your, your project because things aren't working this way. So we got to go in a different direction and we're still going to do it the best we can. And, you know, yeah. And yet the key takeaway for me is legacy. These guys did the work and they put in the time, they put in the effort, and it shows. And it lasts. I mean, all of their music, not just this album, but all the music before. And even the album, they ended up recording Abbey Road after this. But Abbey Road was released before Let It Be. So all this music that they created in such a short amount of time, and in that, you know, from... basically during the sixties, all that music they recorded has lasted decades. And then you think about it, look, you think about this, none of the four guys in the band were even 30 yet. Is that crazy? I mean, they, they were like in their like mid to late twenties, all of them, they had been playing since such a young age and they'd been playing together And when they finally hit, they just knocked out all these, just like, bam, 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 hit, 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 hit. Right. And, and yet by the time they broke up, by the time the band broke up, I think uh, one of them had turned 30 or maybe none of them had turned 30 yet. So they'd had this just massive, just gigantic run of music. And then it was done. And then they moved on and they've you know they've all individually created different things that have gone on also i mean i think paul probably most most notably has created the most like with wings and and some other solo stuff he's had probably more hits or bigger profile since the beatles broke up but they all did their own thing and it's just amazing to me that the legacy that they left behind in 1970 here 50, over 50 years later still means so much to so many people so much in fact that peter jackson said oh we found all this footage or, or we have all this footage we're going to take all this footage and assemble this documentary nine hours of it we're going to restore the audio we're going to we're going to make it we're going to clean it up we're going to make it look good we're going to put it on tv like in high def and you're going to see and hear everything that happened here. I'm like, that's how much people care about this music. And that's how much people care about this band and these four guys. And so I think that's, that's what it was the biggest takeaway for me. They didn't know at the time, I mean, you can see it, you see them in the room. I mean, look, when they are playing a version of two of us, where it's John Lennon, Paul McCartney, They're sitting there playing it to each other face to face and they're playing it in different accents. Or there's another time where they're playing it through like gritted teeth, like through the smiles and they're just kind of making the noises. They're not saying, they're not really saying the words, but it's just exercise. It's just, you know, they're getting everything down. They're getting the music down and yet they're having fun with it. And you can tell that there's, they're keeping it loose. You got to keep it loose. That's all you got to do. Keep it loose. Keep it open. Magic will happen. That's my belief. That's just my belief. And so when you see that that happened with them, as it happens with so many people, but when you actually get to see it play out, that's the thing that, to me, it helped me understand. Like These guys, they knew that we're maybe doing good work, and maybe they were having fun with it. But I don't think even they knew That this music would last all this time. And that's the real magic. They made stuff that has become timeless. So, okay. So, look, I I really wanted to talk about this. I've been wanting to talk about this. I haven't recorded in a little while. Uh, Last episode, I recorded probably over a month ago. Just kind of stacked them up. So I wanted to really get back into this. And I wanted to talk about this documentary because I think it does illustrate all the different aspects of the creative process. Things that everybody, no matter what you're making, are going to run into or, or, or be challenged with at some point. And so, look, if you're a Beatles fan, definitely check it out. Of course, you probably have already watched it. If you're not a Beatles fan, but if you like music, you like rock music or, or even pop music watch it anyway. Know the history, know who these people are and what they did and why it still matters today. And look, even if you're not a Beatles fan, even if you don't like music, if you like documentaries, if you like films, watch this on that level. How did they make this look like this and sound like this from 50 years ago? What's the magic involved there? Peter Jackson and his crew got in it and they just they made it look pristine. They made it look like it was made just a few years ago. So imagine that. Check it out for that reason. Either way, watch it, okay? Just watch it. It's nine hours. It'll be well worth your time. Anyway, didn't mean to make it a big commercial for Disney+, Plus, but it's more for the Beatles. You watch it. You, you enjoy it. Or, you know, hey, just let me know what you think. In the meantime, um, this has been sketchy release. Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking this out. If you've been listening for a while, I appreciate you sticking with me. might be a little bit of a change coming up here. I want to do this episode. I I, I mean, I wanted to do this one because I thought this was so, you know, great to talk about, but also it'll be a little bit different going forward. I'm not necessarily going to focus on one topic, but you know, I'll do them as a, as I think, I don't know, as I think they make sense. Okay. Um, Because I appreciate it. I know you're out there. I know you're listening. So thanks again. And as always, keep creating.